Hallelujah. Well, did you come to receive today? Hallelujah. We've already had a lot on our plate today, and I understand that. So we probably better get with it so we can get the word done so I can get you out of here before 3 o'clock. Praise the Lord. No, just, just, it's all good. We'll get you out of here real quick here. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm going to receive it all today. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Today, praise God, we're going to go to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, please, is where we're going to go. And we're going to actually take a common text, but what we've been doing over the last, well, quite a bit of time, actually uh, in our midweeks, we've been uh, talking restoration of all things for the whole year. And about two months back, it shifted into some of our Sunday services. And so we are uh, going to continue to talk about, you know, uh, positioning ourselves uh, for the restoration of all things. And if you recall, praise God, when we're talking about restoring of all things, we're not necessarily talking about bringing something in your life back to the way you used to have it as much as we're dealing with bringing it more so back to the way God intended it. Are you hearing me today? Somebody say, well, I want my marriage restored. You know, and sometimes what they're thinking is, I want it back to that day when I said I do and we couldn't wait to get to the hotel room. Well, we're not talking about that because if we go back to that place, you'll just be back here again with problems again. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? So what we want is we want everything restored the way God intended it. If we bring that into your marriage, guess what? You have a whole marriage. You got a marriage that works. Amen. And it's the same with every area of our life. Amen. We're talking about finance. We're talking about health. We're talking about our family. It doesn't matter what it is. God wants to bring everything. The Word says the restoration of all things. Amen. So I, you know, took that Word of the Lord, and uh, I felt in my heart that uh, that's what we're going to talk on. That's what we're going to move towards, and that's what we're going to keep speaking every week, bring more of this out, talk more about it in all areas of our life. And, of course, we've had multiple com- uh, confirmations. We even had one this morning. Pastor Frank, the Word of the Lord, I came to him early morning, uh, again, confirming that same word, praise God. Dr. Barkley confirmed that word, praise God. Uh, 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 Brother uh, uh, Webb, uh, when he was here, confirmed that same word for this ministry, praise God. So we might as well just keep on keeping on till we get all things restored, praise God. Do I have a big agreement out of y'all, praise the Lord. All right, so what we've done over the last few weeks here then is uh, talked about really uh, just the things that help position us uh, in the uh, to position us for restoration of all things. Um, one of the things we talked about just real briefly, we talked about the fact that you got to settle it. God is good all the time. You know, stop with this warring back and forth. Was that God? Was that not God? God is good, devil bad. Period. That's how it works. And the word says, "Woe to those who confuse it." In other words, amen, why are you calling what's good of the enemy and why are you calling what's bad of God? Amen, you got to settle these things. Otherwise, you're going to always live in confusion. You won't position yourself for restoration if you keep thinking that bad thing that's going on in your life is from God. Let's try it. God, good. devil, bad. devil, bad. God, good. Amen. In the same uh, time, we were talking about the fact that nothing is impossible with God. you got to settle it. 
doesn't matter how, how things went before, doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter what happened two, two years ago, what happened two decades ago. You have to understand, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. Nothing's too hard, amen? The Word says, and nothing is impossible with those who believe. So again, I'm going to ask the question I asked earlier. How many believers we got in the house today? All right, praise God. So guess what? Nothing's impossible. You got to settle it, praise God. That helps position you, praise God. If you're warring with the fact that something's too big, or maybe you might be warring with the fact that, you know, I don't want to bother God with that. God wants to be bothered with it. Please lean on Him, trust in Him, amen, go after Him, praise God. And I guarantee you, you'll begin to see restoration in that area of your life, whatever it is you're believing for. Amen? We talked about uh, sowing and reaping and the importance of that. Understanding that every word, every action, every reaction, amen, is a seed being sown. You've got to know that. Amen. This is just simple truths that you have to understand. Why? Because it positions you. What do you want to receive? What kind of harvest do you want to walk in? That determines the seed. It never changes. As long as this earth remains, seed time and harvest remain. Amen. And you may say, well, uh, that's talking about my garden. That's talking beyond your garden. He said, do not be deceived. Whatever things a man sows, that shall he also reap. Are you hearing me? So you got to settle it. Everything I do, when I, when I am merciful, guess what? I reap mercy. When I'm judgmental, I reap judgment. Hello, somebody. When I'm friendly, I have friends. Who would have thought? Right? When I'm not friendly, guess what? Just a thought I'm having here. Amen. The point is, praise God, everything we do is sowing, amen? Whether we're talking, uh, you know, uh, finance or we're talking health, amen? If you believe in God for healing, sow healing. Go pray for somebody. Stop thinking about yourself once. Go lay hands on somebody and say, I'm going to believe God with you for healing, praise God. Are you still with me? Amen. Everything, you got to see it as a seed, praise God. Last time stood before you. On the Sunday morning, we talked about uh, believing and receiving. We talked, actually, we talked about uh, hearing and obeying. That's what it was, hearing and obeying. And uh, so we, we talked about hearing God, taking the time to hear God, and then follow it. Do what He leads you to do, praise God. Today, we're going to kind of come out and talk a little bit. In a sense, it's kind of almost like a part two of that. In a, in a sense, we're going to kind of come at it from a different angle. And we're going to talk about acknowledging, praise God, and trusting God. Amen. So with that said, Proverbs 3, please. Proverbs 3 says this. Trust in the Lord with a piece of your heart. I'm sorry, that, that's a different translation. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? Now that's not just some religious cliche. There's a lot of pictures that get... You know, they have that as a, you know, a, you know, a verse on a, a you know, thing. You might have it on your desk. You might have it on your refrigerator. I mean, that's a wonderful refrigerator verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. But it's not just a religious cliche. We are called to trust in God with all our heart. Amen. And we're not to lean on our own understanding because that's a huge temptation. All right? The Word says to have spiritual understanding. Amen. Not to lean on your own understanding. Amen. Verse 6, please, says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. He'll do that. Amen. But it says acknowledge Him. Amen. 
So uh, I had it kind of all laid out today what I wanted to do, and then I got here this morning, and I went to write out the, 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 the verses for, uh, for Micah back there for, uh, for you to read here, and, and the Spirit of God flipped it around on me, all right, which He has that right. I give Him that right to do that. Amen. This, you know, it seems to work better when He, when he leads. You know, who'd have thought, right? Who'd have thought? Anyway, uh, Proverbs 3 and 6, uh, I'm going to start with this verse, and then we're going to back up and do verse 5 here in a minute, or a, little, a few minutes here. And so what we're going to do is take a look at this. What does this mean to, uh, when it says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him? In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Now, for some of you, if you've been, you know, around where you've heard me speak some of this, you know, I, you know you've probably heard me say a few of these things. Uh, but you have to understand, this is a key here. Everybody say, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge him. All right? Acknowledge Him. All right, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. So let's do a little word study on this, amen, and, and, and kind of glean the meat out of this. Uh, the word ways just means uh, the journey or the road ahead. It speaks of a course of life, a mode of action, or a manner of living. It even in, it involves, when you look it up, it even involves in, including conversation. So in all your ways, how you conduct life, how you live life, everyday adventures, it's all it's bringing out is showing you everyday life in all your ways, in everyday life, whether we're talking about household, talking about work, we're talking about church, we're talking about just living life, talking this, doing that, being this, being that, all your ways, acknowledge Him. The word acknowledge Him means, to, uh, means recognition. Make recognition of, to make confession of, declaration of consent or authorization. In other words, along the way, we stop, we pause, we stop, and we give Him acknowledgement. You want to be led right? You want to do right? You want to position yourself for the restoration of all things? Then you're going to have to learn through the course of the day, and I'm going to say on a regular basis... I'm going to say uh, consistently through the course of the day, you should learn to stop and just acknowledge the Lord. You get ready to make a decision. You get ready to say something. You get ready to, uh, you know, to move toward this or toward that. It would be, be a good thing for you just to stop, pause, be still, and know He's God. Let Him be God. Somebody says, well, I don't, you know, I just, I just don't have, God never ever leads me or God never ever speaks to me. I, I beg to differ. You know, if it comes to believing you or believe this word, I'm going to believe the word every time. Come on, somebody. Because his sheep know his voice, hear his voice, and follow his voice. The problem is you can't get the sheep to settle down long enough to hear. We live life at Mach 2, and we expect God just to interrupt us. Haven't you figured out by now he ain't going to interrupt you? Think about how many decisions you made over the years you wish you wouldn't have made. And if God would have interrupted, he would have. Mind it right now? All right. God is a gentleman. And he will commune and fellowship with all that will listen and give him here. Amen. And I believe God is always wanting to communicate with you. Always wanting to. So what God needs you to do is do what He says. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Learn to stop. Now get this, not only on a, a, a consistent basis, not only on a, uh, uh, what I might say, uh, uh, a regular 
uh, um, you know, basis throughout the course of a day, but genuinely pause. Amen. You know how to, how to make your ear in tune when you're going along and, and, and just to dial in your, your hearing with God? How does that happen? By learning how to be still at certain moments. You start dialing in. You start tuning in. Praise God. Are you still with me? And so learn to pause, learn to be still at times. Amen. Now, uh, you know, for the most part, life is just loud. Service sometimes can be loud. Come on, right? Amen. I mean, I, well, you know, it, it can be. But it's okay. Amen. We, 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 we like the energy. We like the passion. We like man's zeal. And let's go after it. Come on. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. Victory, victory, victory. Hey, hey, hey. Amen. But every now and then, you got to have that, that stillness. you got to be still sometimes and just let God be God. <coughs> Listen, praise God. You might be amazed at how much God directs your paths. Amen. So, uh, acknowledge Him. Put a few verses. Let's do the Psalms 25. If you do that for me, Micah, praise God. Psalms 25. Let's, we'll kind of zip through a few of these and then uh, move along here, praise God. So uh, Psalms 25, verse 4 and 5, it says this, Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Verse 5, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Is he, is he the God of your salvation? Yes. For you are the God of my salvation, and on you I wait all the day. Hmm. Well, obviously the psalmist knew the importance of hearing God on a daily basis. Amen. And consistently throughout the day. Amen. Let's give me, a, give me another one here, uh, Michael. Let's do, uh, what's the next one there? We got, is it uh, Proverbs? Proverbs 14. This is kind of a verse sometimes you can't help, but you got to bring this one out. It says this, there is a way that seems right. And then I remember God's ways are right, but this one, there's ways out there that seem right. Now this is going to be really key with what we're going to get into in the next verse here. Uh, there is a way that seems right. To a man, but its end is the way of death. Are you hearing me? See, there's there's a way God is trying to always lead you in His way. But if you don't if you don't take the time to let God lead you in His way, what ends up happening is we end up going a different way. Because we have a tendency to lean more on our own understanding. That's the temptation, and so we start doing what seems right. It may not be right, but it sure seems right. And the whole time, God, see, that's why you want to stop on a regular basis and on a genuine basis, let God speak, amen. Let God give clarity. Let God give peace, amen. Let peace rule in your heart when it comes time to decision-making. Amen. Why? Because there's a way to go. And if we, don't, if we don't do that, we're going to end up doing what seems right. And the problem with that is it ends up in a way of death. That means ruin or destruction. And none of us need none of that mess. Are you hearing me? Right. I'd rather walk in the blessing than the curse any day. I mean, I'd rather be in the right place at the right time than in the wrong place at any other time. Come on, somebody. So there's a way that seems right. But, praise God, put Hosea up there real quick. Hosea 14 and 9 says, Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. Look at your neighbor and say, His ways are right. Amen. They don't just seem right. They are right. 
Amen. The righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. In other words, they get hung up by it. They don't want to follow it. They don't want to give heed to it. Amen. Give me uh, the one verse in Micah. Micah 4 and 2 says this. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways. God is always wanting to show you His ways. Always wanting to teach you His ways. And we shall walk in His paths, for out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, let's, let's choose God's ways. Amen? So there's a way that seems right, but there is a way that is right. And that's why we want to learn to pause Amen. Be still. Let God, uh, give God the opportunity to speak. Amen. Now, as I said earlier, the problem it has is life, it just, just hits you, man. Here we go. We got family. We got, we got jobs. We got to work and we got to put br- food on the table. We got to put our kids in school and clothes on their back. And man, if I don't get going, I mean, who, if I don't do this, who will? And pretty soon you're just doing this and, oh yeah, I better go to church because it's, I just better go do that because that's the right thing to do. And you, fi- you find yourself just going to the house of God just to appease your conscience. And pretty soon God is no longer in the forefront. Not God, you're not giving God a place. You're just trying to live life like everybody else lives life. And pretty soon you're living life like those without God. Making choices and decisions that you ha- later on have to get a miracle to get out of. I know it's never happened to any of you as all those people didn't come today. No, it happens to every one of us at times. We get so busy, get such a hurry, and we don't give God, we don't stop and acknowledge Him long enough, amen, to follow, amen, when He gives leading, amen. So with that said, go back to that verse again uh, in uh, uh, Psalms and uh, or probably Proverbs 3, probably verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall, He shall direct your paths. That's good news. Okay, if I, if I learn to stop and pause, God leads. Amen. Praise God. The word here, direct, just means to make smooth, make straight, make right, make prosperous. Amen. The word paths just means uh, your travels or, or along this race that you're running or our steps. Okay, the steps that you take. Amen. So, God wants to direct your steps. So, here's a few verses real quick just to kind of speed this up a little bit. Psalms 37 and 23, a common verse But let's look at it. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Now, that doesn't, you know, a lot I've heard people say, well, you know, whatever I do, God's ordered it. That's not what that means. The word talks about a step being ordered. Literally means like, if you look up that word order, it refers to like as if a military command. In other words, turn right, turn left, go here, stop, don't do it, don't say it. What's he doing? He's trying to order your steps. But we just go along, and we're doing, and we're saying, and then pretty soon it's like, oh, now i got to repent for that, and i got to repent for that, and i got to ask for forgiveness for that, and oh, my gosh, I, oh, the World War III broke out over here because I wouldn't shut my mouth. All the things that happen. Think about how your day could just, the peace of God could just come in and rule like it says. I mean, the joy of the Lord could be your strength. Hallelujah. Life is good. Life is prosperous. Life is good. Hallelujah. All the time. Well, I want that. Well, how do you do that? You got to learn how to stop and acknowledge God. Don't just race through your life and, and making decisions based on what seems right. Are you still with me? 
All right, praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing you came today. <laughs> Psalms 32 and verse 8. Let's put that one up. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I like that. Amen. So what's that? Well, I mean, we can get so in tune with God that all God has to do is just do this. You know, come on, right? I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, with a spouse, anybody married in the house? I mean, you just look at your wife and go, it ain't good. Right? I mean, you didn't say nothing. Not one word was said. You just looked over at her and you had that look. And you're like, something's up. Right? Or, you're, or some, a loved one, a child, a, a, a friend, a spouse, a, 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 a parent. I mean, all they have to do. I mean, remember, remember dad's look? Or mom, they had that little twitch. Remember that? Maybe I don't want to have those things. Right? Thinking, I mean, I'm about to get my hide tanned here a little bit or something, right? Come on. I mean, all it took was just, all, you just walked in. Nobody said a word. Nobody said anything. It was just, you could just tell by the look. Amen. You could see it in the eyes. Well, the same thing. God can lead you in such, you can get so in tune with God. All God have to do is just kind of, I'll give you that look. You go, oh, yeah, you're right, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, we better move on. Praise God. Isaiah 48, verse 17. Hallelujah. I love this verse. Praise God. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God. Who what? Teaches you to profit. It's not talking about the office of prophet. It's literally talking about how to have bring increase into your business, into your household. Amen. God teaches you how to profit. Amen. Now you be out there saying, I want a profit. I want increase. I want a raise. I want a, uh, my investments to do good. Well, then learn how to stop and acknowledge God and let him lead you in this. Amen. Otherwise, you're going to do what seems right. And the same thing that buries the world is the same thing that's going to bury you you got to learn how to be led by God. God might show you something to do that everybody else is thinking, uh-uh. God may say, this is what you do. And all of a sudden, guess what? It starts working out. Why? Because God is leading you. Amen. Who leads you by the way you should go. Learning how to just stop and acknowledge God. Amen. It's amazing how you give opportunity for God to lead you through things. And as I said earlier, we do this on a regular basis throughout our day, and not just regularly, but I, I emphasize this, but genuinely. You've got to genuinely let God, give God the opportunity to be God in your life. Let Him lead you. I cannot even tell you the amount of times that I wanted to say something, The Spirit of God says, no, let it go. And I am so grateful the times I followed him. Listen, if it's genuine, I guarantee you this. You know he's leading and you just said, you know, I don't want to do that. And you know it. Look at your neighbor and say, you know. Come on now. But when you do it regularly and you do it genuinely, 
I guarantee you, you'll be amazed at how much, how much of your life you begin to just roll over on God and let God walk you through it, praise God, and how successful you become. Now, with that said, let's go back to Proverbs 3 and verse 5 this time, and let's now look at this verse in the light of what we've already heard. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's what hangs us up, leaning on our own understanding. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So again, let's look, do a little bit of word study on this. All right, so the word trust means a confident belief or a confident expectation. All right, we're talking about in the Lord, right? So we're, we have a confident belief in God, a confident expectation. It means also a firm certainty. Amen. So I'm going to put my firm certainty in God, not in my own thinking, but in God. Not in, the, uh, you know, in man, not in things, but in God. Everybody say, in, in the Lord. So it means a confident belief, a confident expectation, a firm certainty. It means a depth of assurance, a depth of assurance, reliance, or dependence upon. Amen. Who are you depending on? Who are you relying on? See, who are you putting your assurance in? In you? In man? In things? Or are you going to put it in God? Now, this, this word trust, uh, you know, just a little side note. This won't cost you anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, trust uh, in the, you know, the trust in uh, is the, the, the Hebrew word here, which really is, comes just about, about kind of parallels or, or kind of, uh, you know, looks the same as the word faith in the new covenant. Okay, so when we talk about having trust in the Lord, we're talking about putting your faith in God. Amen. All right, so this is how the writer writes it. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. With all your heart. Amen. The word heart here is the Greek, or Hebrew word leb, which means core or the center or the middle. It means the seat of control, the decision maker, the will of man, however you want to, however you want to define that part. But basically, everything in here that makes the decisions of what you do, and the scriptures are clear, everything comes out of the heart of man. The good, the bad, and the ugly. You can have the rivers of living water flowing out of your heart, which is good. Come on. Or you can have, Jesus said in Mark 7, evil. Every evil thing comes out of the heart of man. Come on. Proverbs 4 says the issues of life come out of the heart of man. Jesus said in Matthew 12 that the words of our mouth, what comes out of our mouth, comes out of the abundance of what was in our heart. Are you still with me? And a lot of times, you know, people say, you know, I know the, I know the guy does this and he does that. And I know he's kind of an ugly stinker, but, but he's got a good heart. No, he doesn't. He has the potential to have a good heart. But what you see in manifestation is his heart. That was a weak amen on that. But you have to think about that. So... That word says then you have to purpose on or focus on what you deposit within that heart, what you put in it. And if there's no, nothing good coming in, you can't expect anything good to come out. Are you still with me? But the word says this, we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart. So somewhere along the line, we've got to start feeding on the fact that our God is able, that our God is worthy of our trust 
worthy of our assurance, worthy of relying on, worthy of depending on. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. That's why we keep hearing the Word. That's why we go to the house of God and hear the Word. That's why we meditate on the Word. That's why we listen to the Word. That's why we read the Word. Why? Because I want assurance. I want to trust in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. With all my heart, praise God. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. So let's look at a few verses real quick on that one. Psalms 118, please. Verse 8 and 9 says this, it is better. I love this. It is better. Look at your neighbor and say, it's better. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. That word princes there uh, means uh, nobility. Okay, he's talking about government. Okay, the word... um, Let's see, maybe I should look it up here. Let's see here real quick. It not only means, it also, it's amazing that this, this word also means generosity. The word princes. But it's referring to uh, that which comes from nobility. It's talking about a handout. So it's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. It's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in government. Governmental handout. I'm not against government by any means because there's there's a part where there's got to be some kind of order, but when it ain't done right, we got got problems. Amen. Amen. We know that. So anyway, the point be this, amen, he's talking about you, you, you can't put confidence in some handout. You can't put confidence in what somebody says or somebody does. You put your confidence in God. That's where it belongs. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's better to trust in the Lord. Put Psalm 62, verse 8 up there, please, if you will. How about this? Trust in Him when it's convenient. Trust in Him what? It just tells you at all times. Well, you know, when should I trust God? How about all times? Right? How about all times, you people? <laughs> Pour out your heart before Him. And that just means uh, make, allowing your heart to be vulnerable is what it means. So pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Somebody say, well, I don't want my heart to be vulnerable. Yes, you do. Before God, you do. Yeah, you do. You want to be very vulnerable before God. Otherwise, you won't follow Him. Otherwise, you won't trust Him. Otherwise, you're going to do your own thing, and you're more apt to lean on your own own understanding if your heart ain't vulnerable before God because you're too busy trying to protect it. Somebody somebody say, well, you don't understand what I've been through. I, I may not understand entirely what you've been through, but you don't understand what I've been through. And, you know, all of it's irrelevant. And we're not trying to make light of your, of your situation. We're not trying to make light of your past or make light of that, that circumstance that happened in your life. We're not trying to make light of it. We're just telling you that you still have to, before God, keep a heart that's vulnerable, that's open before Him. Are you still with me? Otherwise, you're going to make decisions again that you're going to regret. You're going you're to move along down the road on the wrong road. Down Dreary Alley or something. Are you hearing me? Instead of out there on, you know, Victory Lane. Amen? Amen. Anyway. Give me another one here. Let's see. Psalms uh, was 91. I thought that just, this would be a good one throwing here. Uh, this is the psalmist talking about trusting in God. And he says, I will say of the Lord. Amen. He is my refuge and my fortress. My 
God. In Him I will trust. He's the one I'm going to trust. Amen. Praise God. Now, uh, put the, uh, uh, real quick, I'm, I think I've got a few of them there, uh, Micah. Put up Psalms 34 and 8. We're kind of flying through these, but um, this here kind of, you know, you got to understand that trusting in God, it is better to trust in the Lord. Well, it's beneficial for you to trust in the Lord. God is looking out for you. See, so some people say, well, you know, I can't trust God because He might make me do something I don't want to do. Listen, God has got your interests in mind. God knows exactly what you want and exactly what you need. He knows exactly how to bring that desire of your heart to pass. He knows exactly what to do. And you at your best will take you down the wrong road. So you got to lean on Him and trust in Him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Blessed. That's a common text here. Blessed. Empowered to succeed. Empowered to prosper is the man who trusts in Him. Look at your neighbor and say, trust in Him with all your heart, will you? Hallelujah. Give me another one. Proverbs uh, 28. Put that one on the board. He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. Trust in the Lord. See, so if you're going to, if you, if you learn to acknowledge Him and then let Him lead and trust in that leading, God will see to it that you prosper. Somebody say, well, you know, I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. Says the guy working three jobs, trying to make ends meet, just trying to get his bills paid. Yeah, right. You don't believe in prosperity. That's a lie. You want, the, you want the bills paid like anybody else. You want, you want above and beyond so you can at least do something once in a while with your household or family or whatever. You'd like to go on the vacation once in a while. Don't tell me you don't. And if you don't believe in it, what are you working so hard for then? Come on, somebody. God wants to see to it and take care of your needs, praise God. God wants you to be prospered, praise God. Well, how does that happen? You've got to trust Him. So when he leads you and guides you and directs you, amen, you're going to follow. Otherwise, you're going to lean on your own understanding. And it's going to hang you up every time. Give me another one. Let's do the Psalms 37 and 3. Good one. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Verse 4 says this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell on or dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Give me four. There we go. Now we go. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You think God wants you to have the desires of your heart? Who do you think put them in there? Somebody say, Well, you know, I've got some desires, but I, I'm sure God don't want me to have them. God placed those desires in you. But there's a way to bring them to pass. And if you're out there trying to do it yourself, you're going to strain, you're going to struggle, you're going you're to work yourself to the bone, and you're going to wonder, well, this life. And man, God meant for this thing to work, meant for this thing to prosper right, where, praise God, you can enjoy the life you're living, praise God. All right, is anybody in here hearing this today? So God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Well, how does that happen? Well, verse 3 tells us, praise God. Go back up, verse 3. You trust in the Lord and then follow it. Amen. Uh, it's a do-good seed. You, you trust God. Now you follow it. Amen. You start living the life you're called, feed on His faithfulness. And guess what? He starts moving you towards the desires of your heart. Come on, somebody. 
Trust in the Lord. Amen. Let's go back to Psalms, uh, Proverbs 3 again and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then what? Here we go. Lean not on your own understanding. Now, why would he say that to us? Because we have a tendency to do it all the time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So let's talk about that. We'll close, close the service out talking about this here. Okay, so to lean on means to rest on or rely on, uh, to support oneself with it, to settle back into it. So this is not a good one. This, we're called to lean on God, not on our own understanding. So what happens, you have a tendency to just kind of lean back on your own understanding. Remember, your own understanding will hang you up. All right, so we're not called to lean on our own understanding. Amen. Now, the word understanding means insight, perception, comprehension, uh, you know, any kind of just, you know, the, the natural reasoning. All right, so we don't lean on our own natural reasoning. We lean on, on spiritual understanding. That's why it's important to renew your mind to the Word of God. Amen. If we're not renewing our mind to the Word of God, chances are you're going to really lean on your own understanding instead of spiritual understanding. Amen. And with that said, give me a Colossians 1. That kind of brings that verse out. Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10 will say this, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled. This Obviously, we could do this, right? We could have this. That you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and Spiritual understanding. Well, why would I want that? Well, verse 10 tells you that you can have a walk that's worthy of Him, fully pleasing to Him, fruitful in every good work. Those are all good things. Amen. I want to know that my walk is, is worthy of the Lord. Amen. Speaks highly of God, exemplifies Jesus. Amen. I want to be fully pleasing to Him. I want to, I want to satisfy. That means to satisfy one's heart. I want, to, I want to bring full satisfaction to the heart of God in my walk. I want to be fruitful. I want to produce. I want to bear fruit in every good work. Amen. Increase in the knowledge of God. I want to know more. I mean, how does all that happen? Praise God. Well, you start praying and believing God. Amen. For the wisdom of God and spiritual understanding. Praise God. Amen. Not your own understanding. You're probably not going to get verse 10 if verse 9 isn't in manifestation. Just a thought I'm having. You might end up with a walk you don't want to, you know, tell anybody about. You might not, you know, have, uh, live a life that's very uh, satisfying to the heart of God, and you might not see a lot of good fruit. That's just a thought I'm having. All right, well, with that said, give me the Romans. Romans uh, 8, please. Romans 8, verse 7. Now, the carnal mind, natural mind, um, natural reasoning, all right? The carnal mind, fleshly mind. Another word, a carnal, uh, fleshly. Um, so, but it's referring to, to natural reasoning, all right? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. And it's not subject to the law of God or the ways of God, nor indeed can it be. Why? Because it's, it's wanting to do its own thing. So the carnal mind is enmity. Now, I thought that's worthy of reading this verse because you have to understand that every time you just lean on your own understanding, it's warring against God. God is trying to lead you. God is trying to direct you. But you keep wanting to do your own thing. You keep wanting to do what you want to do or what seems right. And as a result of it, okay, you don't even realize it, that even though you're a child of God, a Christian, you're born again, heaven bound, hallelujah. But the problem is while you're walking this walk, you're too busy fighting with God every time God leads. 
Because you're too busy being led by your own natural reasoning. That's why we want to pause and acknowledge Him. Let Him lead us. Let Him guide our steps. Amen. Save ourselves from some of this fight that we're doing here. Some of this stuff we're, we're warring against God, thus warring against the, the very calling and the very, uh, the very destiny of our own lives because the fact that we're too busy thinking we know it all. I know it's nobody in here, but I thought better get it out there because it's going out to the Internet and all them people on the Internet. They need to know these things. We all need to know this. Amen. And all of us have a tendency to lean on our own understanding. And when you do it, you have to understand it wars with God. It's enmity against God. All right? All right. So uh, with that said, um, put, um, put Colossians 2. We've got just a couple more verses here. Colossians 2 and verse 8. He says, Beware uh, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. So how many know if he says beware of this stuff, you're going to have to be alert. You're going to have to be aware of this stuff. We go along just conducting life, and we just think everything that's said over the airways, everything that's said over the Internet, everything that's you know, said in a classroom obviously must be right. What was said in that conversation while we were having coffee must be right. Now, you got to beware lest you get cheated through just natural philosophies and empty deceit. Sometimes people have an agenda, all right, according to traditions of men. Traditions can bury you. That's a, that might just be a traditional thing. It may not even be accurate. we just done it because somebody started doing it 20 years ago. And we think that we just accept it as the way it should be. Or according to the basic principles of the world. The world will dupe you every time. The world is out for itself. So when you're, we're letting all that kind of be the thing that we feed on, instead of what, what's according to Christ, I guarantee you, you're going to be more apt to be moved by your own understanding and everything that you do, and you end up living a life like one without God. Listen, this isn't the, this isn't the uh, uh, you know, we're rolling dice here. This isn't the casino here. We're just going to live life and hope we roll her good, baby. Come on, come on, come on. This ain't how we live. That's how the world lives. That's not how we live. We live being led by God. While they're rolling dice, we're walking where we need to be walking. We're, we're at the place we need to be. We're living the life we're called to be. Amen. This is how it's supposed to work. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, I uh, uh, just threw this one in there because I feel like, you know, this is how it works. Casting down arguments, that just means imaginations, things that are wrong. Every high thing, it tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Well, God wants to help you with that. So by learning to stop and pause and acknowledge Him and let Him lead you, I guarantee you, you're gonna, there's times, man, your thoughts just want to run wild. Your, time, your, your own, your own uh, uh, thought life, your own uh, you know, reasoning, uh, your, you, know, uh, you, know, you're, you start trusting in, in, in your own understanding. If you don't watch it pretty soon, you know, them thoughts are just, man, one bad thought connects with another bad thought, and next thing we know, we got a litter of kitties. That's what happens. Have you ever tried to herd cats? Huh? It ain't going to happen. So we let one bad thought in, another bad thought. It has, you know, 
And now we're trying to, you know, and this is how a lot of people live their life, trying to herd thoughts and, and what do I do and how do I, and, what do, and everything's running a ramp and running over here and over the wall and running back here and you're trying to chase this and chase that one and work this one and thinking life just stinks. I mean, oh my gosh, I need a vacation for a month just to, just to somehow get my bearing. And that is not how we're called to live life as a Christian. God wants to lead you and walk you through this. There ought to be the peace of God ruling in your heart. There ought to be clarity in the steps that you take, in the words that you say. Are you still with me? So I put down a few things. Um, your own understanding will always get you in trouble. Just, you know, I think that's kind of a duh statement, but I think it, I mean, we might as well say it. it. It will get you into trouble because you have a tendency to lean on your own strength, uh, looking for answers in the wrong, all the wrong places. I think they have country songs about that. Um, you know, looking for comfort in all the wrong places. I definitely know there's country songs about that. Anyway, never, anyway. There's probably even a few rock and roll songs like that. Anyway, uh, moving right along. Uh, I, your own understanding will convince you to quit at times, right? You have a tendency to, if your own understanding is in, is, is in control, you have a tendency to think more about your past mistakes and failures and how it didn't work and the times that that didn't happen and look what ha didn't happen for this person. Pretty soon that's where your head goes. And the whole time God is trying to position you, put you in a place where there can be restoration of all things, but you're too busy wanting to quit because your own understanding is dictating. It's too hard. It's not too hard in God. It's never too hard in God. It's too hard when it's just you. It's too hard when you lean on you. It's too hard when you lean on flesh. But when you lean on God, it's not too hard. God takes all of that out. Are you still with me? It's confined. I think one translation says it's hard, but the word means confined. God has a, a way. This works. Not this. Not this. There's not, there's not you know, 10,000 paths up Mount Fuji. Okay? One way it works. And if you follow God, that way is a wonderful way to take. Amen. All right? If you lean on your own understanding, guess what? Your own head will lead you wrong. You'll end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Why? Because it seemed right. Okay, we already talked that one. Your own head will limit you because you have a tendency to believe the evil report than you will the good report. You have a tendency to believe the worst instead of the best. You have a tendency to believe the impossible instead of the possible. You have a tendency to, to believe the experiences that somebody else had. You were not there in most cases. When somebody said they were believing God and something didn't happen, you weren't there. I will believe this word over anybody else's testimony any day. Any day. People that say sometimes they're believing when they're not believing. They're trusting in God because it becomes a religious cliche. To trust in God with all your heart means to trust in God, to be confident that what the Master said is what we do, bless God. And what we will believe. And there's a lot of people say they're trusting, and this ain't just a, a rebuke here. I'm just saying it. There's a lot of people that have an experience that wasn't good. I guarantee it wasn't God that fell down on the job.
But if you don't watch it, you'll take those thoughts. You say, well, you know, Sister Susie didn't work for her, so why should it work for me? You know, Uncle Tom, you know, he believed God. Look where it got him. Yeah, you know. And pretty soon you're buying into that. And here the whole time God is trying to position you for the restoration of all things. But you're too busy leaning on your own understanding. Somebody says, is he about done yet? Real close. How about this? Your own understanding will wear you out. <laughs> oh, stress, uh, fear, and insecurity, getting worked up and agitated about everything. That'll wear you out. <laughs> Woo! That is not how it's supposed to work. Your own head will deceive you because of reasonings and assumptions. The reason it'll deceive you is because it's the playground for the devil. And anytime you hang out in your own understanding, that's where he, that's where he thrives. And believe me, he's been at it a whole lot longer than you have. I'm talking about the enemy. And he knows how to deceive. He, he knew you from early on. Even though you may have belonged for God for years and years and years, but he still he sees all the little things that, that work on you and push your buttons and little bitty things, little thoughts, and he knows how to just kind of throw that thing in there and get you to chew on that for a few hours. Pretty soon you know it's dictating your life. Okay. Here's the last one. Somebody say amen. 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 Leaning on your own understanding, it'll cause you to lean towards self every time. Self-justification. That's where all these excuses and the blame game and all that kind of mess comes out of. Well, you know, if it wasn't for that, you know, I wouldn't. Ah, 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 ah. We trust in the Lord. We don't lean on our own understanding. It doesn't matter where you came from. Last night in the prison, we had, you know, had a great service and uh, a lot of you know, cool things being said and done. And a lot of uh, men, I believe, got, uh, you know, heard a word and got challenged and, and moving forward in their life. And praise the Lord for that. And, and I uh, had a young man that, uh, well, I guess he's probably not real young, but uh, he probably was younger than me, I guess. And so, uh, so that makes him a young man. Anyway, um, he came up and talking about what God's doing in his life and all that's great and that's wonderful. I mean, I'm rejoicing with him. And then all of a sudden it shifts. Well, you know, um, you know God didn't give me good parents and it was, the, you know, the, I guess my lot in life and the way this whole, and he starts going about his parents and what he, dude, time out. Dude, you're like, how old? You can't go blaming your parents anymore. Okay? Sorry. I love you, man. We can't go there. I ain't going to help you now. Okay? God is doing some great things. Let's focus on that. Let's keep moving forward. Amen? Let's not yield to this mess. Amen? Let's not give in to that stuff. Amen? Yeah, maybe it was bad back there, but guess what? That's not you anymore, and that's not where, you know, that's not who you are. You're a new creation. Amen? You're moving forward. Amen? This is where we lock on. We lock on where God's going to take us. Amen. And if we don't do that, that's that past, that thing back there, even though it happened you know, 40 years ago, it still dictates because you'd rather sit and meditate on that and, and let that be your excuse of why you, you, you ain't succeeding in life. And you're going to stand before the judge one day, all right? And I, I want it to be a good experience for you. 
Amen. I don't want you, know, you to stand there and, and then you give your little whine to God and, you know, and he says, somebody call the ambulance. Right? He ain't going to hear your whine. So the thing is, you gotta, you gotta, he's going to tell you, listen, somebody, somebody named Pastor Jerry told you. Amen. And then, so that's the part that, you know, in fact, I, I guarantee you he's just going to put an instant replay in this verse. I'm going to be going. <laughs> and you're going to go, oh, yeah. Amen. I don't know how it's going to go down, but it may not go down that way. But the bottom line is, I guarantee you, you're not going to get to whine to God because going to God saying that your life was a mess because of something that happened to you when you were born, it ain't going to fly. Look at your neighbor and say, trust in the Lord. Amen. With all your heart. Amen. Did you get something today? Come on, give the Lord a praise. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Appreciate you giving me a few more minutes there to get her done today. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. We're so thankful for your word and the principles of your word. And Father, I'm thankful for this congregation that today they did come with ears to hear and a heart to receive. And I believe with all my heart, you open the eyes of our understanding, giving us answers, giving us clarity, praise God, showing us things. And Lord, as we acknowledge you, I thank you, Lord, you will lead us every step of the way, praise God. So we choose to trust in you, Lord, amen, and not lean on our own head, hallelujah, not to lean on our own understanding, but Lord, to lean on you, to trust in you. And so, Father, we give you praise and we give you glory, hallelujah, for all that you've done all that you're doing, and Lord, for what you're about to do, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <laughs> praise God. Well, turn to somebody. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.